Welcome to Talking Property. Today I'm joined by SQM researchers Louis Christopher as we preview the 2023 Sydney property market. Louis, thanks for joining us. Nice to be with you as always, Peter. So Louis, you've put forward four fairly brave scenarios for 2023. Yes. Um, you mentioned off air that this was the most difficult year in putting your scenarios together. Yes. Because there's so many different options of a varying degree that could play out. Tell us about what went into your scenarios this year. Yes, so much depends on the RBA uh, and all eyes are focused on the RBA. Really one of the main factors that went into our forecast is what the cash rate would end up being. And we spent a lot of time speaking with people within the banking and financial industry, the non-bank financial sector to work out what is the breaking point for borrowers at this point in time, existing borrowers that is. And this is a view to working out, okay, at what point in time will we see mass forced selling? And what is also going on with existing borrowers regarding their, their existing income profile? Is it rising? Is it meeting inflation? Is it falling behind inflation? Then, of course, we considered the serviceability testing that we've had up until now. All that told us that, okay, a cash rate of about 4% is the breaking point. So cash rate of 4% is a mortgage rate of about 65 to 7 That is correct. And people should be aware that the further up you, you see with the cash rate, the, the larger the margin the banks will actually place. Between the RBA cash rate and the mortgage rate that we pay. Correct. Uh, so they, they've got additional costs. They're also in a better position to, to put on a margin. So you would see an average variable lending rate of 65 to 7% on a cash rate of 4%. So that is a point where uh, we start entering into uncharted waters in terms of what many borrowers of 2018, 2019 and, and so forth were tested on. A lot of our forecasting has been centred on that point. Of course, there is many X factors out there. And one of the other big factors is inflation. What will inflation actually do in 2023? Will it eventually peak? Will it accelerate? Will it be a situation where it looks like it's peaking, but it doesn't, it actually takes off again? Or do we have a situation where we go into recession and we've still got inflation, which then leads to a deflationary period? These are some of the factors and scenarios that we strongly considered. We also considered other sort of more wilder scenarios out there, like if the Ukraine war becomes materially worse. What happens it might if... might not be so wild, unfortunately. Well, hopefully we don't go down that path. We factored in a number of, fact, uh, number of scenarios. Yeah. Uh, what happens, for example, if we had a cash rate of 10%? Uh, what would that mean? We landed on these four scenarios and they're a bit of a knife edge, Peter, and we, we eventually put our hat on the, the base case scenario that the Reserve Bank of Australia would eventually hold the cash rate at under 4%. They will keep lifting rates in earlier 2023, but eventually they will put a limit on it and the cash rate will peak at some time, at somewhere I, below 4%. I just want to pull that point apart for a moment if we can. Yes. You've spoken a lot about the RBA as though the RBA are in control of the RBA's monetary setting. Yeah. But what we saw this year when Philip Lowe promised everyone in 2020 and 2021 that interest rates would not move until 2024, the market dragged him somewhere he didn't want to go or expect to go in 2022. So what power does the RBA have in 2023 if global interest rates keep rising, global inflation's rising? I believe the RBA will be very focused on our domestic economy. 
we know Federal Treasury is forecasting a major slowdown in the economy. We know from history that uh, if the RBA falls behind on interest rates, generally you see the Australian dollar start to fall away uh, fairly considerably. I, I think the RBA is quite happy for the, the Australian dollar to fall away a little, keeping in mind that the, the Australian dollar has not fallen away that much when we look at a, at a, t a trade weighted index terms in terms of taking into account all various nations' currencies. The RBA does not want to have accelerated inflation. There is a scenario that plays out where the RBA goes on pause, then we see a new inflationary breakout, which would occur potentially worldwide based on, say, a wages breakout, uh, rents really uh, skyrocketing, uh, and other factors feeding through into inflation. The RBA then potentially could be forced to lift rates even after they've said we're going on pause for a while. Let's hope we don't have that scenario, but it is definitely one of our top four scenarios and what we call the false dawn. And that's a very scary scenario. That's scenario three there. Yeah, that yeah. is correct. And for a while there, we were thinking this is how it could actually play out. It was almost going to be our base case. But of late, I've been a little bit more at ease. We think the RBA will just lift rates a little bit more. They'll take us close to 4% and then they'll go on pause and they'll probably stay on pause. But I got to say with, with all this, Peter, it's been remarkably challenging to put all these together. And we are on a knife edge for many of these scenarios as 2022 draws to an end. In the past, you've always had a standout scenario that you were very confident in. Now you have a leading scenario, but you have reduced confidence in what you've seen on previous years, such as the dynamic nature of global markets at the moment. That is correct. So I think this time in 2021, we were reasonably confident we would see housing prices fall. Um, we, we were quite confident about that, whereas others were not. This time round, I've got to say that uh, I'm not feeling very confident about our base case, just being very upfront, not as confident as before. We, we've based this on a, a balance of probabilities. Yep. And the probabilities are pretty thin between one scenario and the next. You made a, a subtle reference there to the rental market. And I noticed in, in your reports um, in the last three months that rents and correct me if I'm wrong here, but rents are included in the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, That's right. that, it, that the interest rate setting is based around, Yes. where increased mortgage rates are not. Yep. Now, on the back end of 2022 and heading into 2023, the rental market is jumping aggressively, as everybody knows. Yes. So that is going to feed straight through to the CPI, which is going to put continued pressure on the RBA around interest rates, isn't it? That's right. But the RBA is aware of this. They've pointed this, this particular issue out themselves. And they're aware that some of the rental data that's out there is a little bit laggy. Um, and so their expectation is, yes, uh, this will feed through. But I, I believe they'll see through that to an extent. So the rental component of the CPI basket is actually the single largest component. That said, it's, it's about 6%. And up until now, uh, based on the ABS's measurements, rents have only just risen. We know, of course, when we look at the market itself, asking rents, we've seen a dramatic rise. I don't know whether all that will feed through into the ABS's measure of the, of the, um, the rental component of CPI, but no doubt much of it will, and that will be one of the factors which will keep inflation somewhat elevated in 2023. If you're being asked by the landlord to pay a higher rent, 
sure as eggs, you're going to go to the boss at some stage and ask for a higher salary or wage. Yes. And then the boss, because the labour market is so tight, is going to say, I've got to give Louis his pay rise because I can't replace Louis if he leaves me. And then I've got to charge the consumer more to pay Louis more. So you get this uh, feedback loop that's very hard to break, don't you? You do get a feedback loop and there's no doubt we're going to get it in 2023. Now, it's just a matter of, well, how much of that do we actually get? Uh, and I know the RBA is watching it very, very closely in terms of any type of real wages breakout because that potentially brings on our false dawn scenario where the RBA goes on pause, then we receive new information about wages massively feeding through into prices and then we've all of a sudden we've got an inflation rate of 10%. Uh, and that, that really is a dark scenario for what would play out in 2024. So, Louis, the big question, inflation continues to rise to uncomfortable levels, as, as you've just stated, but unemployment also begins to rise because the boss says in our example, I can't pay Louis what he's asking anymore. Um, I've got to let him go and I'll do Louis's job myself. So unemployment starts trending up at the same time inflation does. Does the RBA take a greater notice of rising unemployment or greater higher inflation? And what do they respond to? That's a big, the big dilemma for the RBA. I think the RBA is very keen to engineer a soft landing as best they possibly can. If it came down to the hard choice of higher inflation or, or a recession, a difficult one, uh, I believe at some point in time the RBA would blink uh, and that they would aim to avoid the hardest recession possible with a view that, okay, we'll try and tackle uh, inflation, try to get inflation down to a later point. They've already given ground somewhat on their inflation outlook. Their target, of course, their long-term target's two to three percent. They've stated in 2022 that their forecast for inflation for the duration of 2023 is actually going to be in the high fours. And I think if we were back in 2021, they wouldn't have admitted that at all. So they've already given ground somewhat, given themselves some room to basically try and engineer a soft landing, yet accept the fact that inflation may well be higher for longer. Uh, getting more granular about looking at the 2023 property market, um, prices of properties above 5 million during 2022 seemed unaffected by events. Yes. Will that continue through 2023? Will we see those that can afford to shop at that level of the market continue to shop with the same confidence? I believe we will, provided we do not have a hard economic landing. If we're right about a, a, the RBA engineering a softer economic uh, landing, then yes, we will see uh, ongoing demand for affluent real estate in a similar way that we had in the 1970s and what we had in the late 1980s. So that's the return on money is diminishing as inflation hovers around 10%. Yes. And people say, I'd prefer to be in hard assets yes. than, than having my uh, money reduced in the bank. This is a scenario which I do not believe has been talked much about yes. out there in the community. And you raised this mid-year with us. Yes, that is correct. A, a scenario where people are looking for a hedge against inflation. The reality is right now for many savers who have cash in a bank, if they've got their money, you say, in a cash management call account, they're not earning any more than, say, 2%. Inflation, as we know, at this point in time, is in the eights. 
Okay, so in real terms, they're losing a significant amount on the value of that cash. We know in the real estate market, yes, prices have been falling, but rents have been rising. And they've been rising rather quickly in terms of market rents. And so there's been strong income growth occur. That's essentially a hedge against inflation. So I do believe that part of 2023 and part of the reason why we're stating our recovery is that people will be seeking that hedge against the elevated inflation. Now, you mentioned a lag with the rental data a bit earlier coming from the RBA. Yes. Um, the other part of the market that I see a lag from policy to events is with the fixed home loan rates. So during COVID, from about Easter 2020, yeah. up until late 2021, um, households, understandably, refinanced and locked in their mortgage rate for two, three, four years, yes. somewhere below 2.5%. Yep. Some were fortunate enough to lock in as low as 1.8%. Yes. Um, understandably, the banks didn't give them a long tenure at that level, but, but people have nevertheless locked in at that level. Those home loans will begin to expire somewhere between Easter and winter 2023, and those households will come back to the market and have to refinance at significantly higher levels. There's your lag effect there. How does that play out in the market throughout the year as people's mortgage rates double, if not triple in some cases? It's definitely a factor. However, what we must also consider is that these people who took out a loan, say in the high ones, low to mid twos, were tested on a, an overall lending rate. Mortgage six, rate. Yeah, an overall mortgage rate yeah. of sixes and sevens. So I do believe that there is some buffer there, but I'm also well aware too that many of these borrowers, while they were tested at the time, have since gone off and bought a car, spent a lot of money on holidays, just spending uh, additional money on standard, or just keeping up with standard of living costs. So there will be a considerable hurt out there. Will it be to the point where we'll see forced selling activity? That's the question. Because if it is at that point, then yes, that would drag the market down. If on the other hand, you see collectively that uh, such borrowers do everything they possibly can to hold their home, and I believe in Australia, that is generally the mentality. Everything else goes first uh, and the home goes absolutely last, then we still will not see a lot of for sale activity. Not unless though, we start to see this cash rate go over 4%. Because if you're starting to see these borrowers then go to a basic variable lending rate of say 7.5%, 8%, that's too much. You talk about the house going last, understandably that's our experience too. That puts investment properties and lifestyle properties or holiday homes at risk though, doesn't it? If things begin to tighten, which comes back to properties in the regions, coastal towns, that people might have enthusiastically gone out and purchased during COVID, uh, those markets may experience a jump in stock as people cut and run to get their equity back. Yes, we have concerns about regional, a number of regional localities in Australia, uh, some coastal regional areas which have risen dramatically uh, since COVID. Uh, and they're actually showing signs now of potentially a, a quite a fall. 
uh, and you're right. So the holiday homes, for those who are doing it particularly tough, if they've got an investment property, the holiday homes generally will go first before their principal place of residence. There's no question about that. So cost of living standards yep. will drop, then assets start yep. to go, yep. and the house is the last. That is correct. Now, this is all on the scenario, though, that we see cash rate above a 4%. Right? Now, if we don't get to 4%, okay, and wages pick up, but they don't absolutely accelerate, and we get the soft landing, then this scenario of, of massive selling of, say, investment properties and other assets probably won't materialise. It will be a soft landing and the bulk of the community or the bulk of homeowners will actually be able to get through. And in finality today, Louis, what will be the best and worst performers in the Sydney property market during 2023, in your view? I think for the Sydney housing market during 2023, we can expect affluent real estate to continue to do well. I think we'll see a floor for the freestanding housing market, but it'll be units once again that will actually outperform overall houses. So I, I believe the unit market will do quite well. Is that because rising rents will force tenants into buying and rising rents will force investors or encourage investors, I should it'll say, encourage to in, enter the market? Yeah, it'll encourage yeah. investors into the market. So I'm expecting a pickup in investor activity. I'm expecting a, a pickup in first home buyer activity. I do believe it's going to be the unit market that will do relatively well, but I am expecting the overall market to essentially bottom out, except for, for example, the Blue Mountains, the Central Coast, Wollongong. We could very well see ongoing price falls well into 2023 for those outer regions. And is that because the return to office is putting a greater emphasis on people working five days a week in the office and coming closer to work? That is correct, Peter. Yeah. Uh, Louis, outstanding wrap and uh, forecast on the 2023 property market today. Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, you're welcome, Peter. Always nice to be with your audience. It'll be a very, very interesting year to say the least. Absolutely will. And thank you for joining us today on Talking Property. We look forward to speaking to you next time. Thank you.